Thanks for tuning in to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Like always, we'd like to thank our Patreons right now. And our Patreons got a Patreon Fantasy Football League that we'll be covering during the year as well. Just throwing that out there. It's going to be fun times with everybody. 14 teams, two quarterback league. Nobody's got a quarterback, basically, is what that means because uh, one body, some one quarterback gets hurt, it's over. But that being said, we also like to represent the strike here and everything else. We know that uh, we need all these actors and stuff like that to be out there to be able to get this good stuff that we're going to talk about. Because today we're going to be talking about Ahsoka. This is episode four. We're able to finally get this together a little bit quicker than we've been able to the last couple of times. Yes. Uh, we've been having to put them out a little bit late and everything else. Appreciate everybody watching them. That's right. But appreciate everybody that's been watching them up to this point so far. I'm actually feeling a little bit better from my health thing. I don't think it's as bad as it was. Every, my no, eyebrows are. Look, bro, my eyebrows are raising at the same height right now. What like, a show do, off. It, what it a didn't show do that off. a couple of days, a couple of days ago. Well, that being said. Fat as narc. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at my face. So, so round. Look yeah, like but snark. We, but we got, uh, speaking of snark, we got snark in here wearing his Detroit Lions jersey. We just got through watching uh, the first uh, NFL pro football game of the year. And the Detroit Lions came in. Undefeated. To the, Came into the, the, the evil confines of Kansas City, the Chiefs, and yeah. took them out on the road. That's right. Man. And did you guys get points for the fantasy stuff? Uh, he did. He got he I think he had a player from Detroit playing in the uh, fantasy football league and got him a couple points. But with yeah. that being said, and talking about the evil confines, uh this episode of Ahsoka uh was them going to the evil confines to try to stop the map and them being able to get the data to be able to get where they need to get to try to save Thrawn or try to find Thrawn, whatever's going on there. So we got Ahsoka and them trapped on the planet. And uh we also know that the bad guys at the end of episode three was knew they were there. We're going to go try to get them and everything. So this episode started with a bang. We'll go ahead and go with uh general thoughts. I'll go ahead and start it since I'm already talking. Man, episode was awesome, amazing. Uh, it left me with questions at the very end. I don't know if I like what happens at the end yet, but I have to give them a chance to explain it or to tell me what's going on there uh, before I can be critical of it. So like that last, I mean, it was cool and it looked cool, <laughs> but I'm like, what the hell's going on? I mean, I mean, obviously we're Star Wars fans. We can assume it's the world between worlds, but like, how did she get there? She fell off a cliff. And everything else i thought they were just going to show her like uh hanging upside down where she got like tangled up into something or whatever but didn't fall to her death which we know she can't do because she is the uh main character of this and the show is actually named after her so we all mm -hmm. knew that she's got the plot armor going on right now and but with that being said man i love the the droid here is like uh catching me like uh this is one of the biggest surprises of the series so far it is is the droid uh he came from the clone wars era he he was the one the droid that was showing like the kids how to make their lightsabers and stuff like that uh after they did some training and everything else and got to a certain Boy, point by he, david tennant uh -huh. yes of all people but yes uh all that being said like that big surprise like that droid it 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 gets to be like sometimes the droids can be bland or they may just remind you of another droid really don't have their own kind of personality but this one uh, is really growing on me, man. I really love this droid they got in the series so far. And it carried on with the Sabine. The only other critical thing that I've had so far this series was how they handled Sabine so far. But they carried that on, that Sabine doesn't have these, like, overpowered, like, force powers or any of this, right? Which I think is cool. It's cool for you to say she's got the force, but she's really weak in it, but she can still be trained and everything and to be able to use it a little better. But she's not getting made to be this overpowered like boss or anything like that. Now they may change that as the series goes on. And another thing to throw out there is episode five. They must be really loving episode five as far as the Disney and Lucasfilm people out there, 
because episode five is actually going to be shown in theaters across the country. Now, I don't know like if they're going to be shown like I haven't seen anything at my local theater uh, for it, but I do know there are going to be select theaters across the country that will be showing Ahsoka episode five in the actual movie theater, which is something that I've never heard of is would be one of the first things. So they must be super confident in episode five, which then leads me to believe we're going to get to see Thrawn because we did see them jump into hyperspace. So they're there. They're getting there. So we'll find out. Hopefully this episode, we will see it all. And hopefully this episode is as, is, as good as they think it's going to be. I mean, that's that's throwing out the money to send it to theaters is a pretty big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like that costs money for them to send that out and put in theaters uh, to see if they can make some money off of it. But with that being said, that's my first overall thought. Snart, man, what you got? It was a really fun Star Wars. Uh, I felt a little uh, let down that we didn't get a big spaceship fight. There was all these spaceships coming. So I was like, oh, spaceship fight. You got part. that in the last episode. Yeah. We did get that in the last episode. Yeah, we yeah. had lightsaber fights the last one, too. We're going to have lightsaber fights and spaceship fights every episode. And I'm going to be pretty happy. And almost did. And there was all these red shirt uh, spaceships coming with a bunch of red shirt X-Wings. So it's like, oh, these guys are going to get their asses kicked and stuff like that. And they sort of do, but just by a ship taking off, it's kind of, oh, I wanted to see I don't know guys. because I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen the battles. We did get a little ship battles in the uh, last episode, like uh, yeah, Danny was saying. But I actually thought that that was a really cool, interesting thing to do where they just said, they're coming for us. And she was like, ignore them, jump to hyperspace. And then you see, like, this is this big, huge hyperspace machine they made. It takes a little bit to charge up. I thought, like, that whole charging sequence was kind of cool. And then when they took off and what happened to the ships in front of them as they jumped through hyperspace in between them, I thought was really cool and creative. And then, like, a couple of the X-Wings got taken out during it. Like, I haven't seen that happen before in Star Wars. It was a that new Greedo thing, guy. and I thought I thought it was real cool. I thought, thought it was uh, actually done pretty nicely. It actually looked pretty good, too. But, Danny, man, overall, opening thoughts for uh, this episode. I haven't been this excited after watching a Star Wars episode in a fat minute, like Star would say. Big fat minute. And in a, being a fat minute, look, I, I had my ten boy moments in the Obi Wan series, which we all know I am a little bit more in the positive side of that series. Especially at the end, I really liked the the finale of Obi Wan. Also made me smile. Like this episode did. Like I didn't feel that this episode lacked of any, anything really. It's basically a lightsaber fight throughout the entire uh, episode, but it has very special moments within it. And I think that's the, the special thing about this episode. Like, look, I understand your, your criticism in the beginning of the series, Justin, about Sabine and the Force and stuff, because it was a surprise for, for all of us that have watched Rebels and stuff. But look, we are halfway through the season. This, this is the end of the first half. And, like, I think that. That criticism for me, I don't think it's valid anymore. Like, even in this episode, she, de- she kind of defeats uh, Ivana's character by using Mandalorian stuff, not actually like exactly. the lightsaber. She doesn't use the force again. So, like, obviously, I think it's fair to say by the end of the series, yeah, maybe she was going to use the force a little bit and here and that. But I don't think that from now to the end of the series, she's going to be a full grown Jedi, Ray like power. And actually, this is one of the things that I think this show did a lot, uh, a lot, a lot better. And this is one of the things that Rebels did very good that was transported to the series, which is power levels. You know, obviously, when you have so many stars of Anakin, yes, he's going to be powerful, maybe the most powerful. The same thing with Luke. The same thing with Rey. Like he and Kylo, did they? deserve all the power that's up for debate but usually we have these ideas of, like we're dealing with characters that are naturally very powerful however when you go to the series like ahsoka we have seen her progression with the clone war so like by the time that the series happens yes yeah, she's a very fully grown very experienced jedi we see sabine doing uh, her like getting better a little little bit but I think what it was most important is was Ray Stevenson's character that like I was afraid that Sabine would just like overthrow him, like they would do a little bit of a. He ain't going you know, out like that. 
<laughs> he wouldn't go, and he didn't do, and he didn't do, and I loved it. Like they gave, they gave him like he was able to go toe to toe to to Ahsoka, and by the circumstances of the fight, uh, actually overcoming her. Like I don't think uh, uh, any more of the fight, like Ahsoka's life was in the on the line here. I don't think that the series trying to do like fake death her or anything like that. It was just like you needed to remove Ahsoka to give Sabine a very good context for her character. And I love what they did. Like I I, I was really afraid they would make her like shoot the map and stuff like that. It it took a really long time for her to give the map to to Balin. And the fact that she did actually was something very good. Like that speaks to her for her character. She's not a good dude Jedi or anything like that. She has a motive. She wants to find Ezra. The series is implying that there is a romantic rela- like link between her and Ezra that in Rebels it wasn't really focused on. And I love the character moments for her. I really did. Did she go yeah, to no. the dark side? Like, like let's listen. Let's, let's we're talking about her all the time here. Let's go right to it. Was she seduced by the dark side of the force there at the end? It sure seemed like that whole thing seemed like so. uh, seemed like uh, Revenge of the Sith kind of uh, uh, feels to me. I actually think I don't think so. I think what actually happened is it's like something that I'm actually pretty proud of. We'll go ahead and talk about Ray Stevenson's character, like rest in peace, man. Uh, yeah. I'm actually uh, I'm I'm pretty upset about the fact that this guy didn't make it at least to see like a people's reactions to his character in the yeah, series at least or whatever. That's a bummer because like obviously he chose to be in the Star Wars series. And you know, I don't know if he was like a big Star Wars fan or whatever, but it is he kind of voice he voiced characters in Clone Wars and Rebels. Right. So like he has uh, has been doing his thing. So obviously he's close to Star Wars. And just for him not to be able to see people's reactions. Because one of the things is I think a lot of people love his character. I love his character because he doesn't, he he didn't like, you know, very beginning, I thought one of the coolest things about him and Ahsoka's fight is the fact that he just like gets in his stance and he oh, doesn't yeah. make a move. He waits, right? Like he he's patient. Disappointed. He right? seemed disappointed that he had. Oh, exactly. just, just, just a little trivia here and to continue the conversation. Ray Stevenson actually voiced Gar Saxon in both Clone Wars, the, the last season and in Rebels. That's how, like, so he had worked with Filoni before at least two times. In two different shows, that's how he got the role, basically. Nice. And another thing that I forgot to mention in my own uh, general thoughts is that this episode was directed by Peter Ramsey, that also directed the last season of Mandalorian, the pirate episode, you know, like the one that they mm-hmm. had the pirates. The, and he also is one of the co-directors of Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Nice. Okay, cool. But like, uh, no, but like I said, like he didn't do what a normal like uh, Sith or like bad guy would do, like somebody on the dark side. He's more patient, man. He reminds me of like a Count Dooku style character mm-hmm. where, yeah, he's on the bad side, but he still uses his brain. He doesn't like jump to things. He doesn't like try to do something in a big hurry. He's always trying to be like he's that stoic character, that stoic bad guy. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was a little different than what they've been, been trying to do with some of the bad guys. But I also love the stuff that he said because there's a little bit of truth behind it. Just like Count Dooku. When Count Dooku has Obi-Wan chained up, you know, and trapped after they captured him on that planet, you know, in the prequels, he has some dialogue with Obi-Wan and he's literally telling Obi-Wan the truth. He's not even lying to him. He's telling him the truth. And some of the things he's saying make sense. So, like, you're sitting back and everything else and you're like, okay, cool. Like, I get it, whatever, right? Like, so... But with that being said, like this is character, man, the way he acted, the way he reacted and the way he just done things was super cool, interesting. And then like the way he kind of got Sabine to like give him the map wasn't like by force or by necessarily even tricking her. Right. Like he literally get, lays it, was it seduction. out. He, it was seduction. He, yeah. He lays it out. He tells her what's up. The only way you're going to get Ezra is if you let this happen. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to go get Thrawn, but if you want to get Ezra, you better be on board. You better like let this happen because that's the only way you're going to get Ezra. This is the only chance that you're going to be able to get him. So that was something. And like you say, it kind of seduced her with that, right? But like he didn't lie to her, right? Like she gives up the map and then homegirl wakes up from being knocked out from Ahsoka throwing her up against a wall with the force. 
And she comes in and she starts uh, force choking her. And he was like, let her go. I told her that I would, uh, as long as she gave me the map, she'd be safe. I'm keeping my word, which is something like a normal dark side user or any of that stuff actually wouldn't be trying to keep. Wouldn't do that. Like, exactly. Normal. But I, I find that interesting because there are different cis. There are different people that do things differently, right? Uh, and, and he did it differently. I love the way he did it. I, I thought that was like really super cool and just interesting and different. And, and he knocked that apart, man. The whole scene, yeah. like I said, the lead up to the lightsaber fight with Ahsoka, the lightsaber fight with Ahsoka, like some of the things he was doing there. Uh, like I said, the, the way he like kind of fought in like a different kind of style, like all that, man, the way he and listen, if it will pull this into wrestling terms, right? Like if it was one on one, 100 percent fair matchup. Yeah, maybe Ahsoka does take him down in the end, but he had a couple of run ins, you know, a couple of distractions. He had the lady coming out there getting there and then like ahsoka got distracted so I had to throw her up against a wall like i was talking the map burns her too yeah and then like the map burns her hand a little bit and then on top of that sabine shows up you know and she sees sabine and everything so like like i love the way they did this because it doesn't make ahsoka look weak you can you can make excuses why ahsoka may have lost that duel but at the same time he stayed in the moment he did his thing right like he, he defended himself well and and was able to ultimately you know, whether you want to say by hook or crook, was able to overcome and win a duel with Ahsoka. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the way he's been portrayed here is a very interesting style bad guy that we don't see in Star Wars all the time. And I'm loving every second of it. Even the bad lady, like his apprentice, I love the way she is. She's more of the young, more uh, just upfront. Like, she just don't care. She would, rather kill, she would rather kill Sabine right then in that moment and everything else. Uh, all that kind of stuff, right? Like, so I really love and appreciated even her part. I think they're really cool together, them two together. Cause you got like the master almost like being like a sort of like a Jedi style master because he's doing this Padawan here, raising her up. She's wanting to get all crazy. And he's like, nah, dog, we're not going to do it like that. We're going to be smart. Right. And that's just really cool. I love that dynamic between uh, both of them. I'm starting to grow more into the dynamic with Sabine and Ahsoka. And like you said, Danny, I agree. The only thing is, I just don't want them to ruin it at the end. I don't want the end of this show to be Sabine gaining five power levels. And now she's like the greatest thing that's ever walked the earth. If that happens, I'm not going to like it. But if they keep doing what they're doing, I love that moment when she like throws her hand out there. Like she's trying to push homegirl back and nothing happens. And the girl's like, you're so weak. And then she like hits her with a, one of the blasters from her Mandalorian armor. That's perfect. That's mm-hmm. what Sabine should be doing. Right. I love that. I love the fact she fought with a lightsaber. She, she held her own uh, until the, until close to the end there. It looked like she, uh, Sabine was about to get defeated. And then she used her brain and her Mandalorian like armor and stuff to like, actually like do the fight and actually get like an advantage thought that was really super cool man and if they keep doing that and they keep Sabine at that power level right like like what you're talking about Danny uh it's fine and it will work perfectly to me and I'll love this series I'll love this first season all the way through the end and I will say to to the fans out there I'm bringing up the power level like in a different way than most people do most people's like oh I don't like Ray because she's powerful or oh I don't like Kylo because he's powerful he was able to stop like a a laser being shot at him. Listen, guys, we have to understand that we have technology today that we didn't have when the original Star Wars was done. If you actually took the time and read like any of the books with Vader or even uh, Palpatine or comic books with those characters, you would understand that they did crazy powerful things in the books and the comic books that they couldn't actually do in the films when they originally did it, right? They didn't have the technology then. So there is going to be a little bit of power creep like in abilities that somebody can do because now they can do them on screen where they couldn't do them back in the seventies and eighties and everything else. They couldn't even do some of those things possibly even when the prequels is done in the nineties and early two thousands. So like, you got to look at that. There are, there is going to be a level of that where, Oh, it seems like this bad guy can do something really cool. Well, they couldn't do it back then. Right? Like they have the chance and opportunity to do it now. So I don't like those nuances, but like I said, it's just about the character to me. She's keeping her Mandalorian stuff. She's wearing her Mandalorian armor, all that stuff. So she's keeping all that together. So I think that's really good. Go ahead. 
there's some questions like again uh, i have a few questions uh first one just uh, let's go back to the beginning and they're on, they're at the uh they're at the ship the ship's crash landed they got the robo their robo buddy fixing stuff and so they have a moment to talk, uh, very very asian right yeah. uh he she ahsoka keeps asking basically can i trust you and sabina's saying yeah you can trust me uh, why would she have to keep asking that? Didn't wasn't Ahsoka because. the one that left her? Isn't that what you said? No, so, uh, this Lord is one man. of the things that uh, there's a lot of untold story off screen because at least as far as the series make us believe is that by the end of Rab like Rebels and like the majority of Rebels it happens between three, episode three and four, a little bit before Rogue One, mm -hmm. and when in the very last episode in the very Spoiler for Rebels. In the very last, last like three minutes, the you could do a flash forward as an epilogue that happens after Return of Jedi, and then it's implied by the series. Like the series, I think happens five years after Return of Jedi or something like that. Uh, it's implied that between those five years, they tried to to un unsuccessfully find us, uh, Ezra and stuff. Now the cat's going crazy. And that's when probably Ahsoka found out that she that Sabine has uh, force power, uh, like force sensibility and stuff. But like the show really hits the the thing that their relationship didn't go well, which I like because if one of the one of the propositions of Filoni with that character is to show Sabine in uh, to show Ahsoka in the master role and the fact that she's not. Going very good with uh, with Sabine. It, it, it's kind of another between her and Anakin. Yes, it, it started rough in the very beginning, but they had a good chemistry. Anakin and Ahsoka, like nobody can question that. And Ahsoka can't reproduce that with Sabine. And like when we, in speaking again, like about power levels and stuff, like in Rebels, especially Rebels, because you had this whole crew of new characters that were the main protagonists. In Rebels, all, all the legacy characters showed up a little bit. Like, Vader was a, big, a huge part of season two of Rebels. Like, he and Ahsoka, actually. Like, they were basically, the half of the season was about then. Like, Tarkin appeared, Palpatine appeared, and every time, even Leia, like, young Leia appeared. And every time uh, a legacy character show up, they did the power levels correctly. Like, mm -hmm. uh, Kana and Ezra couldn't take out Vader. Like Ahsoka, we didn't know. Like we can't very say that Ahsoka probably would have died in her confrontation against Vader and stuff. So I think it's very interesting that when we go back to the to the Balin character, is that uh, like we said in the in the first review of episode one and two, that they are trying to do something different. Like Balin is being pre-established by now that he's a Order 66 survivor. And unlike other uh, Order 66, 66 survivor, he actually went to the dark side. He Somehow he's trying to rebuild stuff. He Maybe he's not necessarily wants to rebuild the Sith. I don't think that's probably his idea, but like he doesn't want the Jedi Order to go on. He does maybe doesn't want the Sith to go on. He maybe wants to do something different, and then he believes the Tron is the key of that. And I think that's a very good contrast between Sabine and Ahsoka because one of the things that I loved about this episode that made me very happy was the fact that this episode had gravitas. In the moment that Sabine gives the map to Balin, the show really tries hard, cinematically speaking, to make feel, oh no. Now, oh shit, something happened. Yeah. Basically, like, he, there, this is a point of no return now. Like, even they make Jason say, Hey, I have a bad feeling, and uh, the, the music and, and the sound design all says, Like, okay, what she did, even though it was not falling to the dark side, like you asked, uh, is narcs like what she did, shift the force. Like, the, the future is going one way, and now after she made that decision to give it, give, give the map, now the future shifted. A darker future, and I, I love this. I love the gravity that they brought. Right, and uh, just to add a little bit more to it, I think it's more to do with the fact of like 
So in Rebels, the cartoon, Sabine and Ezra had this relationship. Uh, Ezra really liked her, like almost to the fact where you could kind of say he kind of flirted with her at moments and stuff during the show, but like she wasn't into him kind of thing. Franzum. Yeah, I think that ended up changing over time in the series and stuff like that, where she got closer and closer to Ezra. And it definitely when Ezra like did what he did, basically sacrificing himself to save the galaxy kind of thing that like she probably really like kind of fell in love with him then, you know, at least as a person, I'm not going to sit here and say as like boyfriend, girlfriend or husband, wife kind of thing, but like it, but especially like as friends. Right. And she had that strong connection because she was part of the original crew, the ghost crew, right? Like uh, the, Phoenix Phoenix, crew, yeah. the Phoenix squadron and stuff like that, which is cool. They threw that in this episode as well. They read the, <laughs> the fighter, uh, the guy that's been in a couple of episodes, I can't remember his name, but uh, he's been an X Wing pilot in a few episodes in The Mandalorian. Carson, uh, like yes, yes, Phoenix leader. They are the only X Wing pilot in the entire galaxy by now. <laughs> right, but like, so the he's thing is, it's like, uh, with that being said, they had this close relationship, and I think what happened, like Danny said, in those five years or so that they were trying to hunt down uh, and find Ezra, I think Ahsoka basically gave up after a certain period of time. And like, I think that's what's causing the rift between her. I don't think they got in a like actual fight or or whatever, right? Maybe they got in an argument about things, but I think Ahsoka gave up on finding Ezra faster than what uh, Sabine wanted to. I think that's the issue here. And because Ahsoka knows that, I think at the very beginning of the episode, like you're talking about your original question was why does she keep saying that is because she knows that Sabine has this like, connection to Ezra. There's attachment. And, right, right. The, yes, attachment, connection to Ezra. And she's like, when we're in this tough de decision, we may have to do something that stops us from getting to Ezra. Right? Like, we may have to destroy the very thing that's going to get us to find Ezra. I need to trust you that you'll make the right decision and stuff. And, to be honest, Ahsoka's worries came true because they're at the end of the episode like we've already talked about. She ends up giving up the map because she wants to find Ezra more than she wants to stop Thrawn from coming back. So, like, that's the thing. Ahsoka, they had two different things, right? So, like, they both were trying to find Ezra. At a moment, Ahsoka stopped. But then the only reason why Ahsoka's back into the fold is because she heard rumors of these people trying to get Thrawn. And she's trying to stop Thrawn from coming back. She's not doing all this to necessarily get Ezra back. She's doing all this to stop Thrawn from coming back. Right. Mm -hmm. So they both have she's so you have Sabine trying to get Ezra and Ahsoka trying to stop Thrawn. So like those two things kind of collide. And I think that's where uh, their uh, issues actually a lot, you know, misalign. I think that's what's caused the rift and everything as well. And and and, and it, it is very interesting because we kind of talked about this in the last review that this show ultimately and I think Dave Filoni and the crew knew that the show had to address Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship. So it's kind of like this show does a, a lot of foreshadowing, actually, like to like to 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 create the ending that we got because the show could easily have ended when they go to hyperspace credits row, but they decided to put that incredible cliffhanger. And I think it's funny because this is the first time. Not that only this is going to be the first time that yes, we are going to have Ro uh, Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen together. It's already amazing. For Clone Wars friends, like nobody would ever expect to see this live action. But also because this is the first time that we can really delve what is Ahsoka's thoughts about Vader slash Anakin post-Return of Jedi. Because the last time that we saw her was with Luke. There wasn't that much of dialogue over there. And we know, if you watch Rebels, that she ends up discovering who Vader was. Balin throws that in her face. But by now, she must know, we assume that she knows that Anakin did the right thing. But there is a lot of, like, legacy talk and, and, the, and the heritage about it. Because I do believe that one of the conflicts between Ahsoka and, and Sabine is because Ahsoka knows there is attachment to, to Sabine to, uh, to Ed. Like, this is very implied. And... Who else in Ahsoka's life was very attached to somebody and did bad things? And I actually think that what makes the this bad guy, you know, Balin, so like interesting too is like, think about it, man. He was part of somebody that was supposed to be basically assassinated there on, on Order uh, sixty six, and he didn't get assassinated. 
I'm telling you, the way that Yoda and Obi-Wan, who a lot of people hold in high regard and everything, and I do at some points as well, like handled that situation to me. If you're one of those people that did survive, you were basically cast aside. Yeah, they left you basically a warning message and that was it. They didn't try to like come find you, come help you. They both went into places of hiding, you know, one on Tatooine to guard Luke and the other one on Dagobah, right? Like, so you had these two leaders just leaving everybody kind of stranded to find their own way. And people like Balin's like, you know what? Screw this. For one, the Jedi was screwing up this whole time when they were even involved in this war, right? Uh, like when they became generals and stuff of like the actual clone army and everything. That's not what the Jedi were supposed to do. So for one, you did that. For one, you failed at it. The whole galaxy got taken over by this like evil guy or whatever, right? And now, like, you left us stranded. Like, you made a bunch. Like, he used to be in an order. Ahsoka left the order because of mistakes they were making during that time as well. So, like, she left, but she took a different route. I think he left. And I think the cool part about him, because of how cool, calm, and collected he is, more so than a lot of other, like, dark side users, is I think he's an interesting character because I think that he doesn't go full dark, right? Obviously, their sabers are orange, they're not red, everything else. I think his Padawan wants to be full dark, right? Mm -hmm. I think his Padawan wants to be a, a Sith master at the end, right? Like, I think she's wanting that power. She's hungry for that. I don't think Balin's hungry for all that like a normal like you know Sith would be. So you have to call him basically like a dark uh, a dark lord or whatever. That's the name they took up in the old Republic because they they did away during the Darth Bane series. You learn they did away with the Darth series the Darth name because it brought about like confrontation. It brought about like the Sith couldn't go together, so they started calling themselves the Dark Lords of the Sith and stuff like that. But Bane was like, nah, hell no, I'm going to be a Darth, right? So he, like, took the Darth name and, like, basically killed all them bastards, you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, I think Balin's, like, this cool character. Like, he's not good. He's not necessarily completely evil either on the other side, right? He's not a Palpatine. He's not what Vader was and a lot of other Sith that we know from, like, the history of Star Wars. This guy's somewhere in between. And if you know the history of Star Wars and the EU, the expanded universe, you understand that there were more than a couple of like these Sith Lords or, or Darths, whatever they were at the time, that wasn't like completely evil, but they just did not agree with the Jedi. So they went against it. Uh, like even Revan, one of the most famous characters of all time, at points, maybe you could say he was evil at certain parts of his story, but his whole goal was never to be completely evil. Like his whole goal was to do different things, and, and he had yeah. to go into the dark side. That of was one actually one of the good things about the Revan character for sure. Like I think that this series makes a very good point that they put they create Balin to be kind of anti soap in the idea that yeah. he also is a survivor. He also maybe have left the other thing. They're they're leaning more towards he's survived, like he's a survivor of Order sixty six, and. He, unlike her, he wants to destroy things where she's trying to build things. So, like, she's, he's kind of the opposite of Ahsoka in that regard, you know. And he has a degree of that. Like, the princess seems to be way more dark side than him. But there, there again, like, we still don't know fully his goals. I think it's fair to say that... Oh, I'm so he, interested. I'm Man, I'm going to be so disappointed if this series doesn't give us, like, a conclusion of what he really wants. Because he hasn't really let that be known. We know he wants to get to Thrawn for somewhere, for some reason. And we know he thinks it's going to bring about power. And he thinks that the war should still be start, this should still be going on, that he doesn't want it to end for some reason. But he hasn't gave us those, like, he hasn't peeled back all those layers to let us know. That's my evil plan and stuff like that. He hasn't yes. did that monologue yet. Mm -hmm. uh, other questions <laughs> aren't because it seems to have a lot. Uh, yeah, I always have questions. Okay. Uh, first off, the next question isn't a big, long question. I was just going to say, how funny is it to watch two robots fight each other? Because that, well, that was pretty damn awesome. I'm not going to lie. Like, punching them in the face. Not, like, what are you guys going to do? Bro, what are you guys doing? Not going to lie that that was, that may be, I, I may not be take, take, saying a hot take here. That may be the best battle I've seen between, between two droids ever. Like droid mm. against droid, right? So I'm not counting any droid versus human or or whatever. Mm. 
Droid versus Droid v. Droid. What would you say, Danny, would be? Because I think that was pretty R2 fun. against those two super battle droids in Revenge of the Sith. It's pretty fun. I, that's cool and funny. But I'm saying like a serious fight. Like this dude was getting his, you know, our hero so far this series. Like I said, one of the uh, the, the underdog character here is the droid with Ahsoka. So like. Uh, like well, it actually didn't have too much like droid on droid action, you know. Not much at all. Not a lot. Not a lot in uh, the history of That's Star Wars. Was so I'm just saying, just watching them punch each other. Yeah, bro. It was like, but our guy was getting his ass beat, man. He got his head banged up there, and it screwed mm -hmm. up his job. He had already fixed. And look, it's a very old but, droid. You bro, can see I that. I don't even know, but I don't even know what that was that was like hanging from his shoulder. But he used that thing to punch the shit out of that dude in front of him, and then overcame him, man. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Because well, I was like, arms for the lightsabers and stuff. I was already like, nah, man, they can't kill this droid because he's like pretty damn awesome. I really like this guy, so I hope he's like good to go. I hope he keeps going on in the series. So I actually was getting worried that they were actually taking him out for a second because droids, unlike some of the major other characters, like you expect the bad guys to end up dying at some point and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They don't have the plot armor, obviously, that the good guys have. And then you have like droids, but the droids they'll take at they'll take that ass out sometimes. Now obviously R two D two and C three PO no, but every other droid has a chance to die here, especially if they're not a major character like Chopper, right? So like, and it's not like you can't request David Tennant to actually be on Star Wars, you know, instead of just like voicing and stuff like that. Yeah. So he wouldn't be. Maybe he would die. Like, uh, like I think that there is a possibility that Huang would die. Which, which sad because I really like the design. The Old Republic. That design was straight from the MMO Star Wars: The Old Republic. Like that was his wow. homage back in the day. Yep. So I really wish they 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 keep him. But who knows? He's not in the sacred trilogy. So no. Who knows? But neither is anybody in the show, though, right? Nobody on the shows in the sequels. Technically, the 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 Phantom, like the ship that Hera is in there. Pilot is in Rise of Skywalker, so yep. oh. so they actually have the ghost a, there. So it, mean, kind of it means yeah, it means that part of the crew, not maybe all of them, but part of the crew has uh it was located there during that time that we just talked about. And Ahsoka's um, voice is also like one of the voices. Yeah, Ahsoka's voices is one of the things that Ray hears as well. Oh, okay, right. Um. But yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that. Um, yeah, man. Anything else, Snart? I got like, a bunch of person I, with the. I've got. I got no, I like to go tell the question. Guys, we didn't even talk about like the Snoke, the Snokeness of this episode, where the dude, everybody's, oh, here comes the Snake Eyes Jedi, and uh, he gets cut down. he gets kept cut down. In right, the, he's a character that could die. Like he's one of the, the ones I was talking about. Yeah, but like so the like, smoke, the smoke comes out of him. Yeah, so I think right, so a figment. In that's a cool note. That is a cool note. Uh, but but that being said, though, that is misleading to some people that don't understand and pay attention to all this other stuff, like me and Danny usually do, and everything else. Mm -hmm. You see the smoke, and you're kind of like, "What the hell is this guy? Like he's not even human or something." No, actually, he could easily be human, but. The biggest thing is, and that's one of the important things that if you're a Star Wars fan, that you realize whenever, uh, shoot, what's her name? It's like uh, Margaret. Margaret. Like, yeah, she is part of from Dathomir. She's, she's a night sister. She's right. a night sister. They actually did that to uh, like one of the Zabraks or whatever, like basically Darth Maul, uh, uh, one of his clan or brother or whatever. Savage Press, yeah. So they grab him and they actually infuse him with also voiced by Grace Brown, by the way. Yep. Oh, really? But like they infuse this character with this like uh magic, looks like green smoke and stuff that kind of gets inside of him and makes him a little more powerful, a little bigger than what he was, and everything else. Okay. So easily this guy was infused with that same stuff. So, so we it's actually like he's know possessed. He's possessed. Like, so now him. we know All that right. that character isn't just a night sister by name only. She actually has some of the powers. That the night sister yeah, Mother Towson. She actually has power that Mother Towson actually had. So she was This is one of the this is one of the things that unfortunately, like, because the way the Clone Wars was told, like we can't really dive into right now. Maybe they'll find a way to bring back like the Night Sisters, like for people that haven't watched Clone Wars, in this case use Narc, like they use what they call magic with a K in the end. Yeah. Which is basically 
now the let's say the force with different ingredients that makes it green like it's not right. necessarily another type of power like at like filoni has said this like behind it tonight it's not necessarily it's still the force but in a different way different than the, the way that jedi and sith use mm-hmm. and that magic is actually pretty powerful like in the Clone Wars, they are able to resurrect the dead. Palpatine is actually worried about it at one point. Yeah, and I think by the way they did this character, I think maybe he was in Inquisitor actually has died before, and this Morgan character used magic to kind of make him a zombie because there was zombies in Clone Wars. Like they create an army of zombies actually. Yeah. So and like then yeah. Grievous kills all of them. One of the one of the few things that Grievous does uh, awesome in the Clone Wars is the heat literally destroys an army of zombies like star wars actual zombies Ooh. so magic can does that so i would say that that increased america is like the zombie inquisitor which is just there to look cool it's basically though they're they're witches that have the power of the dark side that use the dark side so they like infuse both things so like they have these magics to do things added towards and it kind of feeds off the dark side Palpatine was worried about it because they could possibly get too much power, so he kept an eye on them. Uh, that's one of the reasons why, like, uh, and Mother Towson didn't really want to get taken over or anything, so that's why she was actually uh, getting them, and when they needed one, like a new apprentice, like a Saj Ventress came from there, uh, Savage Press came from there, uh, and that kind of thing, and obviously Darth Maul even came from there, we find out in the Clone Wars and stuff like that, because he gets taken back. Uh, to Dathomir to get fixed up. Yeah, he's the, the, the son of Mother Towson, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a couple more. This should be pretty brief. Uh, maybe one more after that. That might not be. But uh, Hera, the green girl, and I know her name. She's the general. She And her, she has a kid named Jason. Yeah. Uh, and he has green hair, so I guess that's how you can tell they're, you know, mother yeah. and son. But... Yep. Uh, Okay, you're going. You're off to battle, guys. I have my ship. Taking my ship. Taking five uh, X-wings with me. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get into a fight with some uh, some witch lady. You're gonna bring your kid. Your kid is in the middle of all these ships, all these rebel, huge rebel cruisers and stuff like that. It's like, ah, come along. You got a point. You you got a point. You can. You got a point there. You can try to like say. say it's okay because she doesn't know what she's really getting into mm-hmm. but you also got to think to yourself that there's a possibility to be danger there yeah uh so like that's why i wouldn't personally take my kid or think anybody should take their kid i think that was just a chance to get jason on camera and then is they he part, is overall... he part of the cartoon show too or is he or no he, he appeared very very, very in the epilogue, yeah, last few minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you see Hera with her new uh baby, and it, I think like he's even like a little older, so he's not just a baby. So, like, uh, you see him with the green hair and everything else, so that's why he's got the green hair in the show. Yeah, like, he, he is a force huge, like, he's a son of Jedi, therefore, yeah. by Star Wars rules. Speaking of, uh, yeah, speaking of Hera, though, I actually do love the part this episode, especially. I think some people had a little bit of criticisms with Hera, and I really wasn't like agreeing with him a whole lot, but. I will say it was getting a little questionable how she was acting, but in this episode, she acted like Hera. She acted like the yeah. mom. She was like, yeah. nah, dog. You know what? Yeah. Nah, we we leaving. We ain't listening to this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all don't want to do anything or send nobody. I'm going anyway because I'm the general. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go get my ship, get some people to go with me, and we we going to head out. And uh, she did that thing. So that makes her uh, compared yeah, like, to her character in Rebels. So, like, I really I- enjoyed that. I want to give like Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the actress that, that portrays right. Yeah, right. the the girl, the Ramona Flowers from from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I'll she got all right. He, Listen, I think I think it's a little bit weird because Harris seemed older in Rebels and Mary Elizabeth is not at, as old in the series, so I, I that threw me off a little bit. This. I think a couple of things is this. I think like makeup's kind of hard to do or whatever. Thirty-eight, right, right. But it, makeup, the, the because of the way they had to put the makeup on her and stuff like for the show, I think that like kind of like hurts that a little bit aesthetically. But I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. Like, nah, bro. Like, okay. So I've been around the Star Wars galaxy for a long damn time, and I've seen a lot of Twi'leks. Have you ever actually seen like a Twi'lek that looks like 
super old and aged. To me, Twi'leks have always, you know what I'm saying? You know how some well, people Fortuna will say, looks old. Listen, you know how some yeah, people will say, like, like, all right, cool. Like, there's a saying out there, right? Like, uh, and this is what I kind of envision uh, the Twi'leks is like, as they get older, they don't age or look super old like some other people will. Like, like, like I, like, like I said, I, there's a saying out there, you know, black don't crack. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, but but there is a so e the way they e look e and e stuff. No, like, so, even like, like white people, white people for some reason look older. You know what I'm saying? Like as they're getting no, but look, ages. I'm only 22 years old. Look, look, yeah, exactly. Hera. In the match, like Hera was introduced in Rebels, and then you, you can see her like in Bad Batch and stuff like that. She was voiced by Vanessa Marshall, which is 53, right? And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she's 38. So, like, you have yeah, a voice of somebody that's older, and it, like, it, it threw me off a little bit. Like, I don't mind the acting, I don't mind, like, yeah, maybe it's not my, my favorite it. one. Yeah, but you didn't complain about it, and that, I give you props, right? Like, you, like you was like, well, they, you know, I, I cool, whatever. Like, I kind of. Hey, God, oh my God, that's going to bug me forever. Like, God, dude, like some of these idiots are acting like stupid, and it's like, bro, for one, like I said, you don't know how Twi'leks, because they're alien species, even age. So, like, yeah. and like how they age, right? Like, that's what my point from earlier is like, people age differently. Uh, different kinds of people age differently like and different types of things and stuff like that like even on our regular earth so it makes sense that aliens and humans from another galaxy they'll do things differently like they may not look their age like she she could be easily like a 50 year old twilight but i think twilight's live a little bit longer than humans do oh she's not like by like with yeah. this towers map she's about 30. right but like she's not like super old out there doing the thing and like, like i said man if you're going to be sitting out there studying those kind of things or studying because we yeah. have an actor that we think is going to play a role very good and her her voice just doesn't match 100 percent. if you're out there you want to no, no, yeah you could go to twitter to to nug about that i think it, it's stupid you're just yeah, saying something there personally i personally i'm not said. here i'm not hearing none of that bull crap you know what i'm saying like there's a bunch of nuance it's, it's like the idiots that got mad because the Book above a fet had those cats that had like the different color speeder bike things. It's like, bro, shut the hell. Are you telling me? Steampunk. Are you are you literally telling me right now that out of a complete galaxy that nobody has like shiny colored speeder bikes anywhere? Like that's stupid. That's just dumb. Like your argument is stupid. And for like Star Wars theory during the Andor series, oh, it took me out because I saw a couple of screws in the wall. Get to shut the hell up, dude. What? Now, like, bro, how do you think things are held together? How do you think things are held together? Star Wars people can Star Wars people can be nitpick about the most stupid things. Like yeah. and I and I'm going to see because I think this was a homage, like the whole hyperspace yeah. power surge. It was a homage to Last Jedi. Come on. It wasn't a hold a maneuver. But it was pretty damn close, you know. No, not no, dude. But I love it, and and it's like I I, I like the way just like the holdo maneuver. I love the holdo man. That the way it shot. That's one of the most beautiful things. The like quiet, that movie or I not, like one of the quiet. most beautiful things in Star Wars is the holdo maneuver. Like the way it goes silent for that split second, and things hit each other, and it's like takes that moment, and then you get the sound afterwards as everything's like shattering apart. Like that was like super cool. And like I said, I thought they did a very good job here. It was super cool. It, it, it didn't it wasn't like they just passed through them they knocked them off course a couple of the ships got damaged even like a couple of x-wing fighters may have died there i guess because they just kind of felt like two or three yeah, now they crashed through each other like they died they died yeah so which is cool because like <laughs> physics and stars like technically when you do a hyperspace jump you go faster than speed of light so you didn't have to do the calculation so you don't crash and stuff like yeah. that because and technically, this is probably the most, like, the longest distance hyperspace jump, the most, the fastest one ever created in the history of yeah. Star Wars. You know, that's right. what they are trying to do. So, yeah, if you're in the middle of that, obviously, like, you're, you're going to have power surge on your ships and something going to go wrong because, like, be in They'll physics, be like, if you go that fast, you technically, like, you go through stuff. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's that, but they're, you're kind of disappearing and going into like this kind of weird realm at the same time we do hyperspace. But some people, like we use this phrase a lot, especially for kids that think they outsmart their parents or something, man. You're too smart for your own good. We use that phrase, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like some of these people are exactly that. I remember Last Jedi, those bombs get dropped at the very beginning of the movie. People saying, well, it's in space. It's in space. That can't happen. Listen to me, okay, guys. I'm gonna break this down. I'm not. I'm gonna break this down. I'm not a science teacher. I don't work for NASA or anything. Just let you guys know, I got education in Alabama for God's sakes. And guess what? He works for the Russian space. (laughs) But I'm gonna break this down for you, you idiots. Okay, when you're in space, it takes a simple nudge for you to go in that direction. And, And if I'm understanding correctly, you will keep going into that direction. For like eternity unless something gets in your way and stops you okay that's how space works right doctor, so doctor, these bombs doctor. these bombs that are on a ship with gravity and you know makeshift gravity in it right so they're gonna drop okay but we're talking about a galaxy with the technology for light speed do you not think that these bombs that they're gonna drop into space doesn't have these little like mini like, like, yeah, yeah. Many little propulsion valves or little engines on them that yeah. come on that makes them go in a direction that they a little want fan, to. A fan. Or even, even, God forbid, have technology on the actual ship that when you let them go, that they actually are kind of even halfway guided towards their destination with mm-hmm. these little pro- propulsion uh, little devices that they have on there. Because literally, if you nudge something in space, it doesn't even take a lot, just very little. And you just float off into that direction forever. The same thing for those little bombs. Whenever you drop them, one little like just movement in that direction, they're going to keep going in that direction, idiots. And, okay. and let's I'm not even let's, the smartest man walking the earth. I don't like I'll take you, physics or nothing like that. Man. And let's remember, it's Star Wars, not sp- uh, science fiction. It's space opera. So exactly. the science, nobody cares about the science. Nobody, no one, no one cares about the Te- science. You know what? Technically, the aliens and spaceships. It's not science fiction. So technically, tie fighters in space aren't supposed to make noise. But you know what? I don't give a damn because it's one. Yeah, of the everybody loves sounds. the noise. It's one That's of the right. coolest sounds in like uh, cinema. Cinema. I agree. I hear a top uh, fighter coming at me, man. I get excited, bro. Like that's what I'm talking about, dude. Like you guys, man. Come on, man. Shut the hell up. Yeah, like, he just, uh, it's a space opera. You know, right? It, don't be that's trying that, to act like this is that like that lady oh hasn't sung it neither. You know what? Maybe their galaxy and their space has different rules to it. It's a totally different galaxy. We're basing all our rules on the galaxy we live in. Maybe right. their galaxy has some weird shit going on with like moons and suns and stars that change their atmospheric thing in the in the mm-hmm. in the space maybe our space and like, like nobody has ever said that that uh the star wars galaxy is in the same universe as our universe no it's is. not because they would have landed on our planet yeah. already and we'd it's get a, destroyed no 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 they're it's a galaxy far far away it's a galaxy right, far uh, far away in the past by the way in the past yeah, Everything a long happened. time ago yeah exactly. a long time ago that's right so snark more questions a couple more questions okay. uh one quick one here uh are they still making that uh, TV show with that Carson guy, the X-Wing dude? Kim's Convenience? I uh, do not think so. I think they actually did scratch that. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about, like, it was going to be called The the Republic. Uh, it, but basically... It but was it's not that going to be the Skeleton Crew? No, no, no. Skeleton Crew is a totally different thing. It's for animated. Yeah, it's a commercial. The oh, thing he's talking about is something they were thinking about doing where it was going to be, you know, the guy who shows up to help her in this episode, the old guy that's the jet pilot. He shows up in Mandalorian. Yeah. They were going to do a show about like his crew going around doing stuff or whatever, like in the galaxy. Like basically chips in space. As far as I know. Uh, Because that that was supposed to have like uh, Cara Dune as the protagonist. Cara Dune was going to be part of that. And like, so, and they fired her. Uh, so could this guy be like the uh, like that uh, agent dude from uh, the Avengers? Then he's just going to show up and everything. And when Possibly. he dies or something, it's going to bring everybody together. No, no. I mean, he's happen? just a guy that like understands that like you can't follow the rules all the time, but like he still tries to follow them. But at certain moments, he's willing to risk it. 
for the biscuit. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he, he's able to show up for Hera and like uh, show up there in case she needed help to back up because he thinks it's important. He realizes it. He's not part like he's a cool guy to me because he's not part of the bureaucracy. Right. He's not part of this like um, he's, he's not part of this whole machine out there. that's part of the politics. He's like, look, he's an OG rival. He's an yeah, OG. We need to help people. And sometimes I don't need to listen to this guy sitting on his like throne or whatever he's hell he's sitting on and everything else. I'm gonna make my own rules if I think which is cool. Like this is one of the yeah, things that are that are even though I feel that they're not exploring as much uh, as they should. I really he's, like that there is this this cramping scene in the New Republic that some of them is just basically doing the same that they did before the Empire. And there are the OG rebels that even though technically yeah, there is no war, they're not going to just give up and trying to save and help you. Right, right. My, 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 I, I like him. His character, like I really didn't care for it for the longest time, but uh, I I really felt or I realized in this particular episode that he, he's another character that's grown, that's grown on me. And I appreciate more because when he showed up, I was like, hell yeah. Like, that's what came to my mind. Like the first couple of times I seen him in The Mandalorian and stuff, I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Not that big of a deal. He shows up in this series, and I'm like, oh, like so he's he's grown on me. He's a character I didn't care for as much, but now I care for it. Now I don't want the old bastard to die. I want him to keep plugging away out there. But he's probably going to die because he's not even oh yeah, he probably will be killed. Unbelievable, you know. unbelievable. All right, next question. Mark. Okay, uh, and this is to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, guys, every time, every time I start saying these uh, weird uh, things, these theories, you guys laugh at me. Like I'm a fool. Is there a chance that Ahsoka is dead, and that sh uh, the rest of the show she is a Force ghost for Sabine and guiding her in this galaxy far, far away? I don't think it can be. I How does she come back? Be. There's nobody there to give her back unless the robot does. I now, I do think if it would have been portrayed in a more grander sense, like and what I'm talking about is like her going down the cliff, if it would have been like uh, a more, um, I, I would get where you're going or at least understand and there's a chance maybe you could be right. I just don't think the way she was taken out was big enough for it to be the end of her. No. So like, and this is, and it's Dave Filoni's like favorite character because he, yeah. he had a part in like creating. Actually, her. like we could, we can even argue that look, uh, Ahsoka was created by George and Filoni. Filoni took care like of the character. Like when Clone Wars was canceled, it was literally canceled after the arc that she left the Jedi Order. So, which would explain her absence in Revenge of the Sith. Obviously, he decided to bring her back in Rebels in, in the second season. And then the second season ends between her and Vader fighting, and we don't know what happens. By the end of Rebels, we understand that she was she was about to die, and she was saved because of the world between words. That something that we're going to talk a little bit of now. And that's what episode. she's in now. You think, right? Yeah. In that little path or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, you can argue. Person. Look, you can argue that and that isn't that isn't like death. That's just that's something no. other than that. It's no, like okay. this weird like interdimension thing. Yep. That, like you you could use it to go like so. Basically, what happens is Ezra oh. uses it to go back in time, and like he ends up helping her escape. But she would have died if he wouldn't have did that kind of thing. So. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. be confused, right? What, no. no what is, okay, let, let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> let's go back to the beginning. So to to segue to the world of between wars and the, how this episode ends. I feel, and I think a lot of people do agree that the the, the original idea, I think that that was George's vision and Flynn's vision, was that a so-called survivor out of sixty-six, and by time of the original trilogy, Vader would kill her, because the only person that can Redeem Anakin is not Obi-Wan, it's not a soak, it's Luke. Mm -hmm. Technically, when this I mean this second season Rebellion, that's how we thought that her character ended. However, by the fourth season of Rebels, so that's like after The Last Jedi, like before Rise of Skywalker, uh, there is this whole arc that in Lothal, the first the planet that we saw in the beginning of the series. There is a Jedi temple, and that Jedi temple has something underneath that Palpatine really wants. And we discover that what the, this uh, this temple has is a portal 
to something that is called the world between worlds. This is the only time that in the Star Wars history, even counting EU, there is some sort of time travel here. Technically, the world between worlds is another dimension in the Force. And if you go to that, you can go to a point of time. So Ezra gets in the world between worlds and he's able to save Ahsoka in the confrontation between her and Anakin. Like, it was very obvious that Vader was going to kill uh, Ahsoka, but in the last second, Ezra pulls him out. Like, he's even tried to do that with Kanan that died a little bit before that episode, but Palpatine shows up, he does his Sith magic, and they basically like have to go to different paths. That's how the Palpatine part of the, the show basically ends. He, he still appears in the finale, but that's basically what it is. So the world between worlds is, is another realm of the Force, where the living Force lives, that okay. technically you can alter the past or the future. Like, at, more the past, they never show the future, but like, it's, it's another dimension. So there's a is chance... She, Oops, uh, so is she in the world between worlds? Because of the way it was established that we actually have to go to a border and do all this stuff, I don't think so. Like, now we're going to so deep, like, like very deep, like, Ahsoka has a connection with the daughter of Morris. That's why there is a little owl that sometimes follows Ahsoka. We haven't seen in this episode and stuff like that. I don't think she's in the world between worlds. I think that she fell off the cliff. Maybe she is unconscious. And somehow her consciousness is the world between worlds. That's how she finds yeah, fate. I almost hope it's more like a dream thing. Like, I hope they're not trying to really use this. I, th I, I think uh, hopefully they're just trying to use this as like a cool visual and you get to see her like uh talk to anakin because it looked cool as shit it was cool that anakin standing there you know like her, her former master standing there like not as vader but as anakin from whenever he was actually training her stuff still when he was still a jedi i just think it looks cool it feels cool uh but i don't want it to be more than that i want it to be a basically like her basically almost like you said she fell off the cliff she landed hard She's like knocked out unconscious or something like that. And like she's having basically this dream in her head uh, about her like being able to see Anakin. And maybe it's more than just a um, dream, like more than just a dream because she is powerful in the force that maybe it's a little more right. So like basically, she's I would like say a, she basically she's seeing like a ghost, a force ghost or something like that in like a more real form. I would like say maybe because. The way this episode ended, uh, and I think you guys noticed, but if you didn't notice, uh, she goes, she wakes up in the world between worlds. She hears a voice. She sees that it's Hayden Christensen, the age with episode three clothes. The episode ends, and you hear Vader's thing. Yeah, Vader, Vader's music. Because I mean, that's what he. So I would, I am, of course, all of this would be answering like five days. But I'm tending to believe that we are not seeing Anakin's uh, ghost. I think if they wanted to use Anakin's Force ghost, like OG Yoda, Obi Wan stuff, they have done that way. That blue. I think green. we are having because this is not the first time that uh, Ahsoka has uh, hallucinations about Anakin. She had it in Rebels too. I think this is kind of a Force vision, but it's all happening inside uh, uh, Ahsoka's head. Because I think this next episode, I don't think we're going to see Tron. Maybe by the end, but I don't think. I think dude, come on. <laughs> I think this episode, I think the next episode, at least the majority of that, is going to be about Ahsoka and Anakin. It's about their relationship. Because a lot of people haven't watched the, the fucking animated show. So they're going, like, so they're going to give the. Rosario Dawson hated Christmas and moments, so we can understand a little bit more about the relationship, a little bit more about Ahsoka things and stuff like that. Maybe she'll have a revelation that's going to help her now save Sabine and stuff. But man, I'm gonna get mad as hell. Give me the blue man. I want I, the blue man. I would say that he like this show has ended its first half and it ended very well. I would say that this episode has been the best that we got so far. It was the longest one. I still like the the, the 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 pacing of the first episode, but it was also the shortest. But I think like the Tron thing, I think is going to be 
it's not just going to be a cameo or just in, it's not going to put Giancarlo Exposito, but I don't think that it's going to appear next episode because they have to give a little bit more focus on Ahsoka and they have to address her relationship with Anakin. A lot of people has no idea. A lot of people didn't know that Anakin had a apprentice. A lot of people. Yeah. So like this episode is going to dedicate it to that. It's, like, it's dedicated to Snark. To somebody that has never watched the, the animated shows and wants to understand their relationship. There's a lot of guilt in Ahsoka's character. She feels guilty, part of the guilt, and actually it's very true about Anakin falling to the dark side. She's one of the few people that Anakin trusted, and he and she turned them back to him. If she was there, he probably would have fallen to the dark side. Ever think about that? So I, they, I think next episode is going to dedicate about those questions, about those aspects of that of the yeah, main lead character. put an episode like that where it was these two characters talking in the movie theaters like they're doing and that's all it was? It's probably... Like, no, no, no first, obviously... Maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes will be that kind of stuff. I, I think that over to, like, if I'm going to bet, I would say that half of this episode is going to be just two characters talking and the second half would be the whole thing with happening with Sabine and look, they did great. They finished this episode with a great cliffhanger. I would say that the cliffhanger of the next episode is wrong. That's right, my bet. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, we'll we've been that. doing this thing for an hour. It's actually longer than the show, but there's uh, we 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 talked about a pretty good amount of stuff here. We talked about a pretty good amount of stuff here to deal with Star Wars and this show. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Another hot take is so far. I think this show. I, I'm not gonna say it's necessarily better than Andor because I think Andor was actually like a, a really good show. You didn't even have to like Star Wars to like that show. I think that show was like. Uh, done really well technically acting all that stuff everything around so i give andor some props uh, as far as being like it maybe the best at star wars show that's been put out so far the mandalorian season one and two were pretty good i did not like season three that much but like season one and season two were pretty good but i actually think it's according on i can't judge it completely now but so far the uh, the soka series may be the best show or one of the best oh, uh, not it's halfway done yeah, have, the next episode is going to be directed by Dave Filoni. That I think it's another reason why they're doing the whole theater twist thing. Look, they're in a good track. They only have four episodes. They can still screw up. Yeah, they can. Yeah, but I agree with you. Button. Hit that subscribe button so you're gonna hit that alert bell so that you don't miss our breakdowns of this. I think uh, Danny's, uh, who also is doing the show with us now, is also our editor. I think uh, they're waiting to do. We're gonna do. Some retro views like uh, Bubba the Vampire Slayer is supposed to be coming up, and I think they're waiting for them to get an intro and stuff for that uh, to be able to bust it out before they actually start it. So that'll be something coming up pretty soon, so you don't miss any of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, we do all those kind of things, and thank you. I'm going to say thank you again to the Patreons out there for all y'all guys' support and everything else for letting us do stuff like this. And yeah, man, just a fun time. Thank you guys for joining Watch us. Watch the open table tomorrow, September 8th. Oh, it's my birthday. There's a lot of balloons, like you can see, of different colors. Yep. Yeah, let's party, motherfuckers! Okay, yeah, let's party, let's party. And like I always say, man, <laughs> Hayden looking sexy on the end of that episode. Ain't gonna lie, the agent working pretty well on him. You know what I'm saying? And with that being said, he ain't the only one that can be sexy. Mm. He can as well. So until next time, stay sexy. Mm -hmm.